This episode of EMS One Stop is brought to you by Lexapol, the experts in policy, training, wellness support and grants assistance for first responders and government leaders. To learn more, visit lexapol.com, that's L-E-X-I-P-O-L.com. Hello and welcome to another edition of EMS One Stop. I'm your host, Rob Lawrence, and this is another one of my international editions, but this is a really, really special international edition. The date of recording is May the 4th. It's uh, 7.30 in the morning here on the west coast of America. But today we're going to go across to London. Remember the date, May the 4th. Tomorrow is the royal coronation of uh, King Charles and Queen Consort Camilla. And with less than 24 hours to go, I am delighted to welcome Simon Harding, who is the Deputy Director of 999 Control Centres from the London Ambulance Service, to this one stop. Simon, thank you so much for joining us. Good morning, Rob. Very pleased to be here. Yeah, normally uh, when, when we greet people, we say thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule to be here. But my goodness, you must have a busy schedule right now. We are very, very busy, but it's always a pleasure to talk. Thank you very much. So just uh, let's assume that uh, folk here in the US have a limited knowledge of how ambulance services and EMS work in the UK. So before we get into the coronation, can you just take a second to talk about how uh, NHS Ambulance Services Trusts work over in the United Kingdom? Sure. So in the UK, ambulance services are free at the point of use, as is the NHS generally, uh, and we are divided up into regional areas. Obviously, my regional area covers London uh, and its environs, so 620 square miles, which won't sound a lot to your regular listeners and viewers, Uh, but the population we deal with expands from 9 million upwards as we get people coming into the city in and out every day. We take around about 2.2 million 999 calls a year, and in tandem with that, we take around about 2.2 million 111 calls a year. Now, 999 calls for ambulances to our emergency service, and 111 are calls to our less acute patients who want to either speak to a GP, have their treatment uh, done over the phone, or be directed to another form of care. So hopefully alleviating pressure on the wider NHS system. So in order to do that, on an average uh, day, we'll have a fleet of around about 500 ambulances in London, uh, staffed by paramedics. We also have paramedics in fast response cars, on motorcycles and on cycles, Uh, And also, of course, we're very proud of our London Air Ambulance, which is staffed by paramedics and doctors, which can get anywhere in London very, very quickly and deliver basically hospital standard care to the patient's side. We've got around about 10,000 people that work for the London Ambulance Service, caring for the 9 million plus people who live or work in the city and all those who visit us. Well, that's some impressive numbers. And the other thing that impressed me just as I checked out your website is that uh, you're getting some electric vehicles, even a set of Ford Mustangs. First Ford Mustangs have hit the streets already and they look fantastic and they're very, very popular with the responding crews. I can imagine they are. I've always, I've lived in America for 15 years and I've dreamed of owning a Ford Mustang. So you've beat me to it. Um, 
So moving on to uh, emergency management itself, and again, I, as, as, as my listeners know, and as you know, I came from the UK uh, to the US, and I was involved in the incident command system in the UK. Uh, and uh, coming to the US, it's similar but different. So explain how the strata and the structures of incident command works in the UK, and obviously you're going to be deeply involved in this tomorrow. So in the UK, we use a system of gold, silver and bronze teams. Uh, and we deal with different uh, aspects of an incident or an event at those different levels. So gold are your strategic team. They'll hold responsibility for handling the overall incident and we'll set the, the overall strategy for doing that. Um, we won't be drawn into making tactical decisions because that will be done by our silver level belief us. But some of our responsibilities will be for assuming the overall command and control of the incident. We'll review, communicate and set the strategy, handling media strategies uh, and consider the impact to business as usual and making sure that we can continue to deliver our business as usual responsibilities across London. We're going to talk about the silver level, which is our tactical level. So the silver level, they produce and execute the tactical plan which means the strategy that our gold level sets. They take on the tactical command and control of the incident, if you like. So some of their responsibilities will be to, as I've said, set up, review and communicate the tactical plan. They'll provide updates to the gold team as required, and they'll instigate the relevant incident management procedures. So they'll be the ones telling the bronze officers what we want them to do which brings me on to the bronze level, which are our operational team. These are the people, uh, sometimes called forward commanders, but lots of different terms out there. So these are the people who will make all the operational decisions necessary to meet the tactical plan. So this is where we get the levels of strategy, tactics and operational. So the bronze team, they'll have a clear understanding of both the strategy and the tactics required. They'll conduct the initial and the ongoing risk assessments during the incident update the silver team and they'll take the operational control of the incident and deliver those operational uh, decisions in line with the tactical plan. Excellent. Thank you for explaining that. And uh, as as uh, if you're listening here in the US, of course, as you may recognise some similarities. And again, I, I spent the last 15 years, Simon, sort of translating British into American. And so we have some words that are totally different, but uh, the meanings are generally the same. So Thank you for setting us up quite nicely with uh, how the UK ambulance services work. Obviously, just the sheer scale and enormity of operating uh, EMS ambulance services in a capital city is. And again, I think the only direct comparisons we have here in the US are probably uh, the, uh, New York City, Los Angeles, Chicago in terms of sheer volume. But of course, we are very much a sort of piecemeal set of uh, fire and EMS organizations. And so the scale is important to understand. Talking of the scale, moving on to the coronation then, of course, uh, tomorrow, if you're listening to it today, uh, is the coronation of King Charles. Gold is descending upon you. And as we say in America, this ain't probably your first rodeo because you've had the coron you've had the Golden Jubilee, you had the funeral of uh, Prince Philip, you had the funeral of Her Majesty the Queen. So you're used to big events. So what's, without giving too much away, what's the plan for tomorrow? So you're correct, Rob. We've done this on a number of occasions previously, as well as those previous royal events you've mentioned. Annually, we have massive events such as Notting Hill Carnival, 
which attract millions of people into London. So we're, we're very well, well rehearsed at dealing with these large events. Um, tomorrow has an event plan all of its own, as you would imagine, but it's very much a joint exercise tomorrow. So we, in the LAS, we've got around about 250 extra staff on duty tomorrow, which is quite a commitment. But on top of that, our partners who have developed the plan and work with us closely, the St John Ambulance, they've got an extra 300 people out and about. So that will break down to around about 21 treatment centres across the event area. Those treatment centres will be serviced by around about 25 medical response teams. Uh, these are people that deploy on foot with a Bergen full of equipment uh, for areas where it's hard for an ambulance to get to. And obviously with road closures, we'll make extensive use of those. We've got two casualty retrieval teams. These are people that are very similar but they ha actually have a trolley bed so they can retrieve patients if needed out of the event area. We'll have around about 15 extra ambulances around the event footprint, uh, 20 operational commanders. So I mentioned the bronze level earlier. So we'll have 20 of those out and about in the area. We'll have uh, cycle response units, motorcycle response units, um, advanced paramedic practitioners in urgent care and advanced paramedic practitioners in critical care all deployed around the area just in case they're needed. And we've also got, of course, our LAA HEMS medical team that can be deployed if needed. These events, though, they do uh, present challenges all of their own. Some of the areas within the event are virtually landlocked due to road closures. And so working closely with our partners, the police, um, the fire brigade, St John, the government departments and the military in this case, we make sure that our resources are placed where they need to be so that we can get to people quickly if needed. I've been watching BBC News and a number of other sites, and uh, there has been a considerable amount of rehearsing and rehearsals going on. I've watched images of uh, thousands of uh, soldiers of the Queen's Foot Guard marching up and down uh, the, the mole in the wee small hours of the day. Obviously, you're not just showing up tomorrow. I mean, how, how long have you been planning this? And obviously, with all those rehearsals going on, I'm guessing you guys have actually dress rehearsed this all the way from start to end. So the initial meetings and discussions for this started back in December, uh, and then they started to increase in frequency from January onwards. And as you can imagine, something this size takes a, a considerable amount of planning and coordination. So... There are lots of groups and subgroups that we have attended as a London Ambulance Service, lots of multi-agency working. And if we go back to those events previously we've spoken about, uh, the Jubilee, the Royal Funerals, Notting Hill Carnival, we put all of that practice into play. And with the police and the military, uh, we had a, a dry run uh, on Tuesday evening, which was pretty much the full event, and it went very well. Excellent. So it will be all right on the day tomorrow. And uh, one of the things we talk about a lot over here in the US is the fact that uh, all of our agencies must, in, in one jurisdiction or one operational area, you know, there's a great saying here that you shouldn't exchange your business card on the day of the event. So you clearly have great relationships uh, in order to, to make all of this work. And I'm, I'm guessing you've worked with other police and fire colleagues for many a long year and many a long operation. Absolutely. So we're, we're very fortunate in London. We've got a very good uh, community 
across the levels of the emergency services, gold, silver and bronze. Um, we get together quite regularly. We talk in uh, local resilience forums. So there's a good relationship right from the off. And that, that really helps when you're planning uh, and putting into play the plan for an event of this magnitude tomorrow. So as you said, you've done similar events. And so from a sort of injury or sickness or illness perspective, I mean, what sort of uh, casualties and patients would you expect to see on such an event as this? So thankfully, usually they're quite minor. Um, tomorrow, uh, the weather isn't going to be great, apparently. So we can expect some cold people tomorrow due to the rain. Um, minor injuries. Um, we have had some people camping out along the route already um, and we've just been checking in with them to make sure that they're okay we're expecting around about a 30 percent increase on our normal call volumes for a saturday and that's due to a number of things just the extra people coming into london but also in our communities around about london we've got uh, street parties occurring as well across the capital so there are extra people around and about and that will all lead to just an increase in general call volume Excellent. And I'm sure that uh, when it's all done and dusted, uh, people will uh, hit the pubs. And uh, and I'm, I'm sure, I'm sure as, as, as you know, on a Saturday night, of course, there, there's a challenge therein as well. Um, with an event of such magnitude, uh, we're all very familiar here, as, as you guys are there, with the concept of mutual aid. Um, there are other ambulance services out there in the UK. Are you drawing people in or is this sort of a, a home run event, as it were? Oh, so this is a home run event, as you call it, Rob. Um, we have used mutual aid uh, on a number of occasions in the past, most notably for the Olympics in 2012 and again for the Jubilee. But this time around, we haven't needed to go out and ask to support from our partners. But again, if we did, we're confident that the times we've used it in the past would mean that that was quite a painless operation. Excellent. And I can actually vouch for this. Uh, back in the 7-7 bombing, of course, uh, we, we were immediately on standby and immediately talking to you guys and, uh, you know, mutual aid occurred. And I, I think the entire country shuffled one pace to the south, as I recall. So it's a, it's a slick operation when it's needed. And I'm sure, again, those plans are in place. Um, you mentioned this already. There's kind of an island within the city of London where this event is going on. But as we all know, people are still having their road traffic collisions. They're still having their cardiac arrests. Um, and so, you know, how much is it business as usual as well for you? So from my level as a gold level, um, that's just as important as the event itself. Although the eyes of the world will be on the event, We've still got our general population being taken unwell, having accidents that we need to service just as quickly as we would normally do. Um, so we have got all of those extra people on duty, as I've mentioned. Uh, we've got 250 or so extra on duty for the London Ambulance Service, supported by those 300 St John for the event. But we've also got people continuing with their normal duties around and about London, uh, and we're making sure that the business as usual element isn't neglected. Excellent. I'm just going to do a quick explainer for our friends listening. You mentioned St. John, and St. John Ambulance is a, imagine, a volunteer rescue squad on a national level, and uh, that's St. John Ambulance. And uh, actually, it's, from what I remember, it's quite a gateway into sort of regular the regular services, right, Simon? Yeah, we do get quite a lot of people who either join us who have been a member of the St. John uh, for a long time, uh, or we even get people who join us and then become members of the St. John. There's quite a crossover. 
Excellent. And uh, we'll uh, we'll put a link to St. John's Ambulance uh, in the show notes so you can kind of read up on, on how that works uh, in the UK. Uh, my sort of standard ending question, Simon, is there anything I've forgotten to ask or anything uh, you've forgotten to mention? Um, not really. I mean, if there are any people from London watching this before, before tomorrow, uh, I would just say we'd ask you to play your part. Only call 999 in life-threatening emergencies. Use 111 where appropriate. Um, and make sure if you are going out to see the event, you have some wet weather clothing with you, you have any medication you need. But other than that, it's a joyous occasion. I hope everyone enjoys it. It goes off really well. Well, on behalf of uh, the entire uh, EMS ambulance community of the United States, we wish you, Simon, and LAS the very best of luck. Uh, you know we're going to be watching and uh, so uh, perhaps uh, in a month or two, you, you, you might come back and sort of give us a bit of an after-action review of, of how things went and uh, uh, and talk a little bit more perhaps about uh, ambulance services in the United Kingdom. I'd be very pleased to, Rob. Great. Well, also, just a quick final question. How can we follow the London Ambulance Service on sort of social media and, and, and see how, uh, how life goes on over there? So you'll find us on Twitter. Uh, we have a website which you can find all kinds of information about how we're doing performance-wise, uh, any job opportunities for people that are in London or in the UK. So please explore the website, please explore our social medias, uh, and we will engage with people all the way through. Excellent. So thank you for that. Uh, don't forget, you can follow me on LinkedIn or pick me up on Twitter at UKRobL1. Uh, we'll put all of the things we've talked about in the show notes. Uh, for the moment, Simon Harding, London Ambulance Service. Sir, thank you very, very much indeed. And I do mean thank you because you are probably busy uh, right now. It's been a pleasure, Rob. So that was it. That was another international edition of uh, EMS One Stop Coronation Edition. Uh, don't forget, if you enjoy listening to this, you can uh, rate and review us on the platform that you're either watching or listening to us on, so we get some top marks. Uh, but for the moment, this has been EMS One Stop. He's been Simon Harding. I've been Rob Lawrence. And until next time, bye for now.